Before we uh, get to that, I'll just remind you of Larry's comment that we invite you to fill out that evaluation card that's uh, on your tables and, uh, and gather them and uh, somebody will be around to pick them up. So that's with uh, uh, Country Kitchen catering as a, as a five on that. Let me tell you some things that are coming up in the next week or ten days and it's kind of exciting. On Thursday at uh, Country Kitchen Catering, we'll be dealing with changes in our electrical sector and a speaker called Chris Hunt. Uh, the following Thursday, there is a strong likelihood that Premier Rachel Notley will be uh, speaking at SACPA. So that's very likely a week from Thursday at uh, Country Kitchen Catering. Mac Andrews. We're ready for a question period, and I invite you to go to the lectern there and uh, be brief, give, give your name, be brief, and uh, when you place your question or two, then go back to your seats so that uh, we can move on to the next questioner. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, I'm, P I'm Peter Beal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got two questions. Um, the first is, will I be able to buy my four plants at a local store here in Lethbridge? And the second is, we had a previous uh, presentation on marijuana, and the person who was there said that today, uh, cannabis is about seven times as strong as what I used to smoke in the 60s. So one of the things is, will there be options like to smoke the old wheat, you know, the old kind of cannabis that was less intense. Yeah, yeah. So it will be a le or it will be legal to sell seeds and plants. So definitely, you you expect to go into a store and, and buy either of those two things. Uh, right now, yes, cannabis has gotten to be a lot stronger, uh, just in general. But there's also a huge variety of different strains, and the amount of testing that goes into it is, um, is really quite extensive. So you'll be able to buy cannabis as strong as you want or as weak as you want. Um, huge, huge variability in that. So you'll, you'll have your selection. Can you hear Mac, by the way? Is it loud enough? Hi, Henning Mundel is my name. Following up on the selection, I'm a retired plant breeder. So my question uh, to you then, you outlined the, the outfits that, that have uh, big contracts for growing in greenhouses and so on. Who actually develops the varieties for growing? Um, so those, those big outfits like the Auroras and the Canopies and the Afrias of the world, they all have genetic scientists, botanists um, on staff who are developing these strains. Um, they're experimenting, they're creating new strains all the time. Um, so they have really highly educated people who that is okay. their, their business. Thanks, Mac, for uh, your presentation. I'm Mary Shillington. Um, on CBC last night, they were showing uh, somebody around issues around the marketing 
and the labeling. And so if uh, cannabis is as different strengths or different varieties, I gather, uh, I didn't see that they were putting that on that. Now maybe I missed something in that, uh, but if somebody has a, has, has a particular strength that they want or a particular variety, how will they know what they're getting when they purchase it? So I haven't, uh, haven't had the chance to review those rules in detail. My understanding right now though, is that it'll essentially come in a opaque bottle that has a child lock on it. You won't be allowed any logos, but you will be allowed text. Uh, that text will essentially have to be black, nothing flashy. Um, but in that text, you could say it is X strain, and that strain has this content THC and this content CBD. So you will be able to differentiate that way. I would, uh, I would think it, it seems really uh, similar to how prescription drugs come now. You would have your, your little pill bottle, and it says on it what, what uh, drug is in that bottle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks very much for coming to Lethbridge, Mark. You're very, very welcome. It was uh, great that I was able to get, catch you at the right time so you could come. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't know who you are. <laughs> my, my name is Knut Peterson. And my question uh, relates a little bit to the consumption of it. Uh, you can only smoke it where everybody else can smoke tobacco, but uh, you can absolutely eat it wherever you feel like it. So, And I can see the day where there will be very little smoking going on, where most of the consumption will be by, by ingestion. Can you touch upon that a little bit? So, so right now there are no sort of provincial regulations or federal regulations around where you would be able to uh, eat an edible. Um, I think it would be pretty hard to enforce that if you did have any rules around it, but I'm sure when, when the time comes, there will be rules, like you obviously wouldn't be able to bring a bunch of edibles to a playground, uh, that sort of thing. Um, that's, that's something that remains to be seen, though. Um, and I would like to point out also, um, I mentioned that edibles won't be legal right off the bat, but there is nothing stopping any consumer from making their own edibles at home come legalization. Hi, Mac. I'm Bev Mundell Atherstone. Okay. Picks me up. Um, my concern is about uh, teenagers. Even though the, the law is going to allow teenagers who are 18 to smoke, marijuana, to ingest it, do whatever, um, and the possibility of getting, of the brain responding to the chemicals in marijuana and the person becoming, ending up having schizophrenia. So um, you mentioned that all the people who are going to be selling um, marijuana will have to go through a program and understand the pluses and minuses themselves about marijuana. So does this mean that when a person goes into a, a retailer to buy marijuana 
and if they're 18 years old or 19, that they will be told about the risks of uh, getting schizophrenia if they smoke marijuana at that young age versus waiting a few years? So in the, the cell-safe cannabis um, program that the AGLC is putting out, I would not expect any um, sort of requirement for retailers to say um, or to bring up that risk. For the education level that we would expect ABCC members to put their um, employees through, we would expect them to be conscious of the risks around that um, and sort of the increased potential for a, a psychotic episode if you are predisposed to schizophrenia. Um, but this would likely not be something that is, is told to everyone. Um, we would like the, the consumer experience or the customer experience to be very um, back and forth. So the, the retailer could ask certain questions that may lead um, to uh, the, the, the consumer's background, in which case they could uh, bring up the risks. Um, but it's, it's very important to remember as well that uh, the folks who are working in store are not medical doctors and cannot make recommendations um, based on that. I've been in touch with the Alberta government and I've talked to some of the ministers involved, um, mentioned to them my concern that <clears throat> um, perhaps they, they had said that the 18 years is going to be the the age at which people are allowed to uh, smoke, consume marijuana. I wondered about having a two-tiered system for teenagers where they could smoke, inhale, drink, um, eat um, a certain level of marijuana that would be a lower level, and then when they turn, say, 21, when the, when the incidence of um, when the risk of getting schizophrenia is lower, then they could go up. What I was told is that the retailers will have signs and information warning people who are in those late teens, 18, 19, and early 20s about the risks of schizophrenia. Have you heard anything about that campaign? Bev, I, I, I'll, I'll, you can reply, but I'll ask you to move away from the mic and let other questioners... Yeah, I'm leaving. Get, get I, I was mic. just holding myself up. <laughs> I, I personally have not heard any movement on that specific campaign. I have spoken with the AGLC many times about having um, them produce content like pamphlets that do go over a whole variety of risks that the public needs to be aware of. Um, one of them being the developing brain. Uh, under 25, your, your brain isn't fully developed, right? So there are certain risks that are, are more prevalent in that age demographic. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Neil Green. Um, wonderful presentation, thank you for coming. Uh, my question has to do with more the marketing and advertising aspect. Uh, at this point in time, are there um, rules or regulations put in place by either the federal or provincial government in response to media advertising, um, the different uh, uh, availability there, and whether um, it's going to follow rules more like tobacco, which seems to have a very 
generous advertising availability or tobacco, which you can't really advertise at all? So it, uh, uh, great question. Um, it is sort of being decided by the federal government, but advertising is very restricted to the point where you essentially can't advertise. Um, that means nothing in uh, media, that means nothing in newspapers, anything like that, that will be strictly prohibited. Uh, the province itself has said that there, you cannot have any advertisements where a youth could possibly see it. So that essentially leaves dispensaries and bars maybe. Maybe I could advertise in a casino, but as it, as it happens right now, I think it will likely be um, that there aren't advertisements for cannabis retail stores. Thank you. Thanks for your presentation, Larry Alford, with a question on some terms you used to Peter's question on THC and CBD. I'm wondering if some people in the audience might not be familiar with those terms and what they are and whether we could use a brief tutorial uh, and, and along the lines of different strengths and varieties, medical versus recreational, they seem to be complete different silos mm -hmm. and regulatory uses. Uh, can you talk about where they cross over, where they differ, anything in that area, please? Definitely. So THC and CBD are the main cannabinoids uh, present in cannabis. Um, so THC is associated with the psychoactive effects of cannabis. So this is what gets you high, has that euphoric sense, um, is used for treatment of things like um, anxiety, sleeping, uh, things like that. CBD uh, does not what, have what, what's the What are those initials, the second one? CBD. CBD. Um, it's a, THC. Uh, the first one was THC, the second one was CBD. Um, CBD is used or does not have any psychoactive effects, but has a ton of medical uh, benefits. So CBD is used for treating epilepsy, um, symptoms of MS, and a whole variety of other things. Um, likely when you hear anecdotal information, which I'm sure a lot of you have, of of people getting off of the current drugs they're on and switching over to cannabis, um, CBD is likely what they're talking about. Uh, Ken Sears, um, I've got a question regarding municipal regulation. Um, yeah, sorry, if I get too far away, nobody can hear me. Um, regarding municipal regulation, now you spoke of Edmonton and Calgary having made some changes to their municipal bylaws to at least adjust to the presence of, of uh, dispensaries or, or cannabis shops. However, Lethbridge hasn't. Um, I'm assuming that the small towns and small, you know, have, have yet to come to terms with this. But from the number, numbers you gave us for at least the initial year or so of the rollout, there's not obviously going to be the, a sufficient number of retail outlets in this province to parallel, say, the delivery mechanism for alcohol. And this, you know. So the question I have arising out of that, and you touched on it just very slightly, was the delivery, uh, uh, ordering online and the delivery mechanisms. Uh, 
Do you foresee that the, the, the retailers would set up their own delivery mechanisms with all of that entails? Or would they use, uh, let us say, Canada Post, which already has a delivery mechanism in place, delivery systems in place, which uh, at the moment are delivering most of the medicinal marijuana in this country that is ordered online? So retailers themselves will not be allowed to do uh, deliveries over mail. Um, the AGLC will be, and I would imagine they'd use something very similar to, to how Canada Post is doing it right now. Um, there are certain, um, certain licensed producers right now who offer same-day delivery, depending on your, your region, like Aurora offers that for um, Edmonton and different spots in Alberta. I have not seen anything from AGLC saying how long it would take. Um, I wouldn't expect that, at least right out of the gate, um, but it, it hasn't been decided yet. Uh, one thing to note, though, um, that 250 is just an estimate. Um, if in a rural area they're able to get permission from the, the government there <coughs> and prove that to the AGLC as well as get a uh, commercial space that allows the use and there's, there's nothing stopping them, there could be... Um, there could be cannabis retail stores that uh, are, are all over the place. Um, and that 250 number is, is just an estimate. So it could be 300 in the first year. It could be 350. They don't, they don't know yet, and they're not going to stop at that number. Douglas Mitchell. Um, at the, at the risk of introducing a little levity into the situation, because it's all a grim business to us old people who've never used it, but like a glass of scotch once in a while. Uh, I, and, and somebody asked you, I mean, I appreciate the, the benefits of, of cannabis as opposed to the risks of overindulging in alcohol, and something we have to have. And of course, we don't have clear-cut understanding of the risks of driving under the influence of cannabis. I know it's being worked on, but we'll get, But so I would ask you, can you convince me of some way that I can wean myself from the glass of scotch and start using cannabis? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I personally, uh, I don't think I'm that good of a salesman that I could, could convince you of that. It, uh, I mean, it comes down to personal preference, right? I know a ton of people who prefer a beer over a joint, and I know a ton of people who prefer the opposite. So it really isn't uh, one or the other thing. It's not something that I can just say tomorrow I'm going to prefer cannabis over alcohol. Um, I de guess definitely come legalization, you'll have the opportunity to try it out. And uh, you never know. If you've never tried it, maybe, maybe you do prefer it already. <laughs> okay. Um, Barb McNeely Sears. Um, I just, after listening to you a bit about how some people may be going 
and looking for alternate um, treatment for different medical conditions and like, you know, the different, I mean, obviously it's a medicinal product. Are you going to be displaying notes in your off, your business about we do not, we are not medical professionals and I'm a little bit concerned that, that people will take that advice as kind of more of a doctor in a doctor way and just say you need to go speak with your doctor about these issues and how this will affect you, how it might do this. Like I'm, you're not licensed, you're not like, it's not like a pharmacist and I'm a little bit worried about that aspect of it. Thanks. 100%. So I personally cannot speak for every retailer in Alberta. Uh, some may be lenient on that. Um, any retail store that I operate or that operates with membership with the ABCC will absolutely not be giving medical advice and they will um, be disclaiming that they are not doctors. Um, that's something that uh, I mean, even with the medical benefits, a lot of it is untested right now and a lot of it is anecdotal. So we are not willing to make any recommendations on that or um, pass on any information that hasn't been proven. But yeah, definitely a big concern. Um, from a retailer standpoint, I would think they wouldn't want to do that just because that creates a huge liability risk. Um, so. Hopefully, most of them will, will be conscious of that, but again, I can't, I can't speak for all of them. Uh, thanks, uh, uh, Mac. Uh, Mary Shillington, and a follow-up to Barb's uh, question, how will the uh, medical marijuana be dispersed? Uh, who will be doing that, and, and what's, what will be the process? So that's my first question. The second question is, have you already applied for your uh, registration to sell and uh, how difficult was that with the downtown Calgary having lots of empty space uh, I wondered uh, what the process was and how much is the going rate in Calgary for a retail space so those are my two questions great questions so the medical uh, system will remain unchanged so if you are a medical user right now you will still be able to order it online over the mail um, uh, from from your prescription that you already have you can go to the the clinics that have popped up so there's companies like compass cannabis clinics that will help you in that process and that that won't change um, a couple of the big producers have done uh, or signed agreements with companies like shoppers drug mart um, I'm not sure if you've seen that so there is some speculation that medical will also be available through them but Nothing in the province has been released on that. Um, as for myself, I, I have my application ready to go. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's not an overly difficult application to fill out. There are um, some things that uh, you needed to get some guidance on for sure. Um, the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, roadblock is you need an offer to lease. Um, so gaining that, that space. Um, right now, you don't need a signed offer to lease, which has made it easier for a lot of people to apply. Um, but it's also opened up a huge problem with um, <laughs> landlords giving out multiple offers to lease for one space. Um, there's also been a lot of people who have doctored offers to lease to apply. So some things that are 
maybe not so great going on. Um, pricing in Calgary, uh, yes, lots of office space available. Commercial uh, retail space, has, their vacancy has been about 1%, so it has been incredibly competitive. And gaining space uh, has left a lot of power in the landlord's hands, which means it has been very expensive for uh, retailers. It's me again. <coughs> we remember who you are now. <laughs> Mac, there's a lot of um, controversy in this world about GMO uh, food and all kinds of GMOs on the market. Can you uh, vision uh, marijuana being a crop where where GMO can be introduced to uh, get over certain illnesses and all those kind of things. I know that's probably a little out of your out of your expertise, but I mean, I can I can foresee that happening down the road because uh, it's happening with food nowadays. So, can you uh, can you? Yes, definitely very, like very out of my realm of expertise. Uh, so I, I won't say too much, but yeah, I could foresee that happening. There have been problems already in the cannabis industry with pesticides being used um, at certain times and that being dangerous to the population. There's also a lot of uh, the potential for organic pesticide-free growers to come into the marketplace. Uh, um, some of those companies already exist now, so it will be very similar to food in that sense. So are, are some of the cannabis strains now DMO? Are they, have they been altered, genetically modified, altered, some of the plants, do you know? Uh, yes, I believe they have been genetically altered. Um, there's all sorts of new strains that have essentially been created in the lab. So, um, yes. <laughs> Okay, last, last call for questions. Then let's give Mac Andrews a warm left bridge. Thank you.